You're listening to Well Glaxis, the podcast that helps you put your wellness first. Learn how Black women like you are putting their wellness first in their lives and striving mentally, emotionally, financially, and physically every day. I'm your host, Marilyn Painter, which you can call me Mel. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the Well Glaxis podcast. I have a really exciting episode today. Welcome back to the Well Blacks podcast. Today on the podcast, we are, I'm speaking to Rosalind Jones. Ros is a compassionate, innovative healthcare industry leader. Through her extensive medical experience, she realized an urgent need for quality healthcare in her area. Ros is a caregiver advocate, assisting families and individuals in transition to become a caregiver for their loved ones. And today we are speaking with her about her caregiving and how not to struggle through it. Ross put her experience to work in 2019, opening up Jacksonville's Best Caregivers. Welcome, Ross. Um, I wanted to start off by asking, what does a day in the life of Rosalind Jones look like? Ooh, it never looks the same, honey. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. My... My day, I I usually have 18 to 20 hour days. Even though I'm the owner of the business, I still work cases. And I do that to keep my skills up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then also too, um, a lot of times when I'm taking care of someone and we go places, people will see me and say, well, you take care of my loved one. So a lot of times it's kind of dual purpose. It's Mm -hmm. to um, also promote the business because I am the brand. But then also, too, uh, there's some cases that I particularly want to be on or I want to get in on the what I always do is I always look at the case before I put anybody in there. I work the case first. Okay. Then I put somebody in there. But my day, my day starts at um, seven, eight. Uh, no, it really starts at six o'clock. I do a podcast from seven uh, to eight thirty, Monday through Friday. Then from there, I go to my client from 8.30 until two, until two. From, so from 8.30 to two, I have a client. I take a break and I come back at night from 11 o'clock at night till seven o'clock in the morning. So I start getting on the podcast even before I leave the other client. In that space between, let's say three, three and nine or three and 10, I'm podcasting, I'm doing my social media, I'm getting back out now into the into the world because for three years now, I have really been on lockdown. I, I have not seen my family physically in three years. I have not taken a vacation physically in, in three, except for this weekend. This was my first weekend out in three years. Okay, so I was because gonna say- Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I was going to save this question, but I want you to finish your, uh, your point. No, I, I guess I, I, I was so partly scared of COVID, I'm not going to lie. But then also, too, I know that if I'm not careful about where I go, who I'm with, right. I have still have to come back into the space of my client and I don't want to bring anything back. I get that. I totally get that. So what led you to become like a CEO in healthcare and specifically caregiving? 
I, I, uh, one of the mothers at the church, the older, the older women, uh, went to the hospital and she said, come here, I want to talk to you. And, you know, you're like, oh, what do they want now? You know, <laughs> <laughs> but I was obedient. And she said, I'm going to the hospital. I want you to take care of me. I said, OK, fine. Uh, you know, went in for the pre-surgery questions and blood work and everything is fine. And uh, went in for the surgery and the doctor came back out. Surgery came back out, still had the surgical cap on, the mask on. Said, we got a situation. The surgery is not going well. She was just getting part of her intestines removed. Come to find out she had major blockage. And I said, I don't have no authority to say yes or no. I didn't have a power of attorney, healthcare surrogate, advanced directives, nothing. I said, whatever the policy of the hospital is to save my life, do it. Because I don't have that authority to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. It was at that time that I realized that there's more people out there like her. Mm-hmm. and don't have anybody advocating for them. So I made a decision after uh, my, my, my time with her went from supposed to be two days of care, went into two weeks of care, then it went into six weeks of care. So it was almost... Two weeks at the hospital, six weeks at rehab, and then came home. And while I was in the hospital rehab, the nurses kept saying, no, you'd be great to be a caregiver. How much do they pay? I went to some of the agencies. They were paying minimum wage, which was $8. I was making three times that much at a healthcare company. And I really had to think about this. I had to think hard because I said, God, you've got a funny way of showing me what I'm supposed to do. Needless to say, I went on and started in a position as a sitter. Then I went on and got my license. And while I was getting my license and working for my, matter of fact, my, my, most of my competition, I worked for them. I said, I would never pay anybody minimum wage. Right, because this is really sacrificial work. And so if you're paying somebody 8 to $10 an hour, only expect 8 to $10 worth of work. Mm. And I don't want my women or men that work for me to have to work a job with me and still have to go get a second job or still have to be on food stamps or still have to be in, in um, here they call, call it public housing, federal government assistance. Mm-hmm. I want to wipe, I'm trying to wipe that out. Absolutely. So that's part of the reason why I do it because I went through the whole thing mm-hmm. uh, just like they did. And I said, I will never pay anybody minimum wage. So that's how I fell into it. You say you're not a typical caregiver. So how do you differentiate yourself? I'm not a typical caregiver because because of my training, because of the extra services that I offer that none of my colleagues, none none of my industry colleagues or anyone else in the business offers. We take uh, our, our clients, we take them to the hairdresser, we take them grocery shopping, I have one lady that uh, likes to do field trips. She wants to go get her Bloody Mary once a month. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, because she's living life still. She's still here. Right. And of course, I indulge her. Uh, You know, so, you know, these are the things that many other agencies will not do. They will have you hire a transportation company to come pick them up and take them to the doctor. Mm -hmm. We go with them to the doctor because... 99% 99% of the time, we know all the behavior issues, we know all of the eating issues, the memory issues, the incontinent issues that the family doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So we so we 
we take on that. So we are not, you know, I have never been the typical caregiver and my, uh, the, the people that work for me fall under the same regime that, that we do this. That's our standard. And so that's above what the industry does. So people who work with you and your company have to have money to be able to afford all of the services you provide, right? Yeah. So what about the rest of us who maybe can't afford? Is the government like really supportive when it comes to, um, you know, caregiving or services that provide enough support for caregivers? Right. There, there are some ways that we can try to plan early for this. Uh, it's not like it used to be, you know, we just had to bring them home and just kind of just deal with it. There are things that we can put in place. It's called long-term care insurance here in the United States. I know there's universal care in other countries. I'm not sure what their long-term care policies are. Mm -hmm. I've heard that other countries do have long-term care insurance. That is one of the best policies that you can invest in next to a life insurance policy. Sometimes, too, you can get an advance on your life insurance policy to be able to pay for your care as well. We're putting all those suggestions out there. That's so you know, those, are, those are two ways you can pay for it. And then also, too, Medicare only allows for so many hours, but use those hours to supplement if you, have, if you do have to pay out of pocket. But those are the ways that we can supplement that, but get the long-term care insurance early versus late because long-term care insurance is very expensive at, when you get older. Mm. What are some, what are, what are, what's the, like the biggest misconception that we have about caregiving, you think? Hmm. Hmm. The biggest misconception is, number one, when I put my loved one into a nursing home, I don't have anything. The right. caregiving doesn't stop because they go into the nursing home. It doesn't stop. You mm. still have to check on them. Some of them, some people put people in nursing home and only check on them on the federal holidays. Martin mm. mm. Luther King, Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day. <laughs> I'm being honest. The care doesn't stop. You still have to do the care. Go, go to the nursing home. Do pop-up visits. Don't go the same the same day every week. If you go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday the following week. Mm -hmm. You know, just pop up in the middle of the day, pop up in the middle of the night. All right. Then if you have someone move in with you, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to use their chat. Well, let me explain to you about when they move in. Let me tell you what happens. We have a financial situation that goes on because you think you're going to take their chat and I can do all kinds of stuff with it. However, when someone moves in with you, your utility bill increases right? because you got someone home. Uh, let's just call it real. The utility bill increases. The food increases because mm. you got someone home usually all day just, just eating and great. I call it grazing like an animal. They don't have <laughs> nothing else to do. <laughs> so they're eating all day, just snacking and eating. Okay. And so these, these are the misconceptions people have. And then I haven't even got to the fact that you got to, you know, take off from work to take them to the doctor or pay someone to take them to the doctor or pay transportation. We're not looking at all the, all the financial end of the caregiving. You still have to get pull-ups. 
uh, bed pads in case they pee in the bed. You have to buy extra laundry and and detergent because now your laundry increases. Mm -hmm. Your washing increases. Mm -hmm. So these are the misconceptions people have when they come in. They're like, oh, they're going to take care of themselves and I'm going to take care (laughs) of their money. Maybe you are in the hole even before they move in. Mm. So I, I put that out there because a lot of times people don't think about that. I had a girlfriend just recently had a mother and sister move in. Her power bill tripled. Of course. Of course. It went up to almost $400 to where it was normally like $150. Mm. So do employers provide, or is this, is this, this come with the insurance? Um, let's say I'm a caregiver and I'm caring for a loved one. I can't work as, as much. Do I go on disability? Like, how does that, if I can't work anymore, how, where do I get an income from to help if they don't have, say, long-term insurance or anything like that? A lot of people are working from home, are getting home jobs at home. Right. Because of COVID, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of employees are now more flexible about you working from home. So there are a lot, and, and I hate to say, thank God for for COVID, it was a blessing mm-hmm. and bad for a lot of families. However, it's 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 made employers realize that hey, you know, we are so short-handed, we gotta let people work from home. Right. So work from home is a you know is an option. You have to sit down and talk to your employee to say, can I work from home? Mm-hmm. You know, from eight to eight to 12 and then be home maybe from 24 or work at home seven, five, you know, five days a week, you know, whatever your work hours are. But there are, when I say oodles, humongous numbers of work from home, that's another way to be able to supplement, um, you know, not supplement your income, but make sure your income doesn't stop if you have to stay at home to take care of a loved one. Right. How can caregivers manage their mental health and well-being during the periods when they are providing care for loved ones? Because I know this has been a very sore topic. Yes, because sometimes you feel like you just want to walk out and scream. I know it. Right. (laughs) You know, you just feel like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And you're you're not alone. You're not alone. There are days I hear a lot of people saying, and I just did a podcast on this Mm -hmm. about, I'm tired of being a caregiver. I'm just tired. And so what you have to do is when this person comes into your life mm-hmm. and says they want you to be the caregiver, the first thing you got to say is, can I do it? And if you right. can't, it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say no. Don't be embarrassed to say no. Right. And if you have to ask another family member or if you have to ask, uh, uh, um, you know, have to put them into a facility, it's okay. Mm-hmm. However, for your mental health, when they come into your home or in a facility, these are the hours that I have to dedicate to work. If I'm working at home or in the office, these are the hours I cannot take care of you. So either number one, we're going to hire a caregiver Mm -hmm. or number two, I have to put you into a facility. This is a hard conversation. You've got to have a, you've got to set boundaries. Have to show them what your schedule is and what you can't do first mm-hmm. before you say what I can do. Mm-hmm. And just because my calendar is blank doesn't mean that's an opportunity for you to get on the calendar. Right. I remember when my mom was alive, 
I used to tell her, I was much younger, I used to tell her, I said, when you get old, I'm going to put you in a facility because I do not have the capacity to caregive, you know, you. And I used to say it, I was being honest, but I felt super guilty because I'm like, your mom gave you everything. Why wouldn't you just take care of her? But I know my limitations. And I'm, I'm so happy that you're affirming that today because a lot of us do it and do it begrudgingly, which leads to my next question, which is, and I'll tell you a little story. I remember I was, a friend had surgery or something a couple of years ago, and I had to take care of her. But while I was taking care of her, I was harboring all this resentment because I felt like I didn't get a chance to provide this type of care for my mom. It was only about a week or two that I had to help her recover um, coming out of the hospital after a procedure. And I, I just, every time I, I, like I was there helping her, do, taking care of her, doing all this stuff. But in back of my mind, I was just like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this because I should have done this for my mother first. And she died before I got the chance to do it. So how can we manage caregiver resentment? Because I didn't even know that was a thing. Caregiver guilt is huge. Mm. It's huge. It's, I mean, as soon as a parent is sick and I'm gonna go back to the the young lady I was telling about that's taking care of her mom and her Mm -hmm. sister oh I gotta take care of my sister because she did all of this for me when I was young Mm -hmm. and I said show me where it's either written in the bible or law that says you have to do this right she got real quiet Mm -hmm. it says honor thy mother and thy father so your days will be long it didn't say you had to be a caregiver Mm -hmm. it just says honor and respect them now, limit you have to understand and you have to let that let that stick there because I, I know a lot of parents that will say, Well, if I was with your sister, I wouldn't have this problem. If I was with your cousin, mm-hmm. or if I was with my with one of my other family members, I wouldn't have this problem. Right. And you know what I say? Okay, we can pack you up and take you over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Give them what they want mm-hmm. because I can't provide it. I'm going to be honest. And so you have to have that conversation. I'm not going to let you make, let you make me feel bitter about a decision I have to make. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, this is what you have to say to them sometimes. Did you plan for when this would happen? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then we have to work with what we have, right. which is not much. And these are your options. So I'm going to let you select your options. And then the guilt is off of you and the responsibility is on them. Mm. But if you're going to stay in this house with me, mm. this is all I can provide. Mm. And I can't do anymore. And that's it. This is what this is what I'm available. And this is what I can do. And so, and so, I know, I know it sounds hard about like, oh, Rosalind, you so hard. No, honey, this is about my mental health, my physical health, right. my spiritual health, and my mm-hmm. inner health. Because right. if, I, if, if I allow that to bottle up on the inside, mm-hmm. I got high blood pressure. I'm emotional eating. I'm not sleeping. I'm not drinking because I can't, I can't keep a routine. My routines are broken. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. So you, you have to keep control over you. You have to show people how to treat you. Right. And caregiving. Mm. I'm done. <laughs> that 
אותה. אני חושבת שזה יצא טוק. Um, what have you seen in the black community in your years of caregiving that you think we need to <laughs> that we need to pay more attention to or how much how much time do we have <laughs> <laughs> right honey let me let me tell you about the black people Ooh, us mm. is cheap really you want good care mm. you know you you want the um What's the, what's the new car that's out there everybody wants to have? Um, the Tesla. Oh, want, yeah. Yeah, you want Tesla care at um, bicycle prices. <laughs> wow. Because, is it because somebody. we don't think this is important? Or we don't recognize how much it takes when we get to a point in our lives? All of the above. You don't recognize the importance You don't recognize that we as caregivers are doing more than washing your butt and changing your clothes. You know what else we're monitoring? Blood pressure, what you eat, what you drink, Mm -hmm. when you poop, if Mm -hmm. you're constipated. Then not only do we have to keep up with that, then we have to write all of it down. Mm -hmm. Then when you go to the doctor, we have to tell the doctor everything Mm -hmm. that's going on. Mm. So a lot of times people forget this. People forget that we have to, we're, we're doing more than cleaning. And, right. and you know, prep, we got to know your allergies. You right. know, what time you take your medicines. So they think that we're not doing anything, but we're doing a whole, the same thing they're doing in the hospital. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing we're doing at home. Right. Mm. It's the same thing. And the hospitals are paying now. <laughs> The hospitals and nursing homes are paying anywhere between $20 to $30 an hour for people like me. So, you know, I tell them all the time, you know, I don't have to stay here no more. Right. But I, right. I'm not in the hospital because I cannot give that one-on-one care like I can at home. I cannot give you that 100% attention in the hospital like I can at your house. So at home, you get 100% attention. Mm-hmm. In the hospital, you get 10 minutes from a CNA. When they pull the trash... And wipe your behind, take your temperature, take your blood pressure, your O2, and document it. Mm. You might see them every two hours when you got somebody there anywhere from four, eight to 12 hours a day. Mm. So, you know, that you know, oh, you're not doing nothing. Yes, I am. Yes, we are. We're monitoring you. We're writing notes with you. But black people are cheap. I'm so sick of black people. I promise Jesus. And I hate to say this. <laughs> I promise Jesus. I said, Lord, I said, I hate to say this about my own people, but it's not only black people now. You got white people like this too and Jewish. Mm-hmm. They, they come in all races. Mm-hmm. When you start talking about prices off the giddy up, mm-hmm. that's a warning sign for me that you're yeah. not my client. Right. Let your family take care of you, honey. Because, oh, I heard such good things about you, but did you hear about my prices? <laughs> right. Right. You know, but- be the boss. It is. And, you know, you nickel and diamond me about everything that I do. But I'm only going to allow that for so, because sometimes I get in and I don't see it. I don't catch the warning sign. But when I get in, I don't have a problem with letting you go. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people think we're desperate for jobs. As you can see, we have more than 
10,000 people a day leaving the medical field. Yeah. From doctor, and this is direct care and indirect care. Mm-hmm. So these are people who are answering the phone, registering you in the emergency room, the people that clean up the emergency room, the housekeeping, the CNAs, the LPNs, the nurses, occupational therapists, physical therapists, speech therapists, surgeons, med techs, all these people are not coming back mm. because of the stress of COVID. Mm. So you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to pay me now, but eventually you have to pay someone. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but black people cheat. I'm sick of that. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you pay two or three hundred dollars for Red Bottom, go ahead and get you a Louis Vuitton, do all of this, but you don't plan for your health care. Because we don't think this stuff is important. I know, as as I sit here talking to you, I'm kind of happy now that both my parents are long gone because I, in my life, I haven't even, I I barely, or I should say, I'm just in a, in a, I've been lucky to not have to spend a lot on, on healthcare because, you know, my body is just, I just took care of myself over the years. But now I'm dealing with some things do, since during COVID and I'm realizing how much attention it really, really takes to be healthy. Every bite that you take that goes into your body, not even that, starting from conversation, starting from the things that happen here that filter oh. down. Yeah, the stuff that you hear or listen to, and I'm thinking to myself, people who live on the poverty line cannot afford this. I'm, I'm able to take care of myself, thankfully, but other people can't. And when you start having these conversations, it's like out the window with them. So now you're bringing up having to care for loved ones. And I'm just like, damn, nobody's taking that on as a future no. cost that I have to consider you know, everybody's studying to save retirement money, but I might have to end up using that retirement money to take care of my loved one, not to travel the world like I'm planning, you know? And, and you know, I, that's why I advocate so hard for people to get advanced directives, mm-hmm. get life insurance. And I always say, if if you think you can afford 400000 500000 go to the banks and get that basic policy that the bank offers you for mm-hmm. 10000 20000 Pay five or six dollars a month and get that policy. So mm-hmm. at least they can bury you and you can take right. care of some of the expenses. So um, let me clarify advanced directive is like a power of attorney to be able to control, yes. make decisions. Okay. A power of attorney, healthcare surrogate, a do mm-hmm. not resuscitate order, a living will, medical healthcare sur- surrogate. Um, it can even be a guardianship. These are things that need to be taken care of. So in case you can't speak for yourself, mm-hmm. someone can talk for you and handle this mm-hmm. because, you know, it only takes a moment for your life to change. Who's going to make that decision? And we right. don't want to be trying to make a phone call. Oh, who do I call? Because it's a <laughs> life and death situation. Those five seconds that you dial in is when you could have said yes or no to save somebody's life. Right. Correct. Correct. So what do we need to know at the very least? Um, to start caregiving for our loved ones? Is it starting with the legal stuff or just preparing money? Like, you know. Two things, two things I would say. 
some of the basic stuff you need to take care of is always to the bank and make sure that at the time of the death, there's a beneficiary so that if something happens, you can get into that bank account and get to the money. Okay. So the biggest thing is going to be money to bury. Right. Okay. So, so at least have that done. Next, check the life insurance policy. Make sure it's paid for and up to date. Okay. And make sure that the same company still owns that life insurance policy because they sell out to one another. Right. So that needs to be checked on yearly. And then finally, finally, the third thing, and all of these are very important. Make mm -hmm. sure you have all of your basic documents in one place. Right. If your parents are still married, you need each one of their birth certificates and the marriage license. Mm -hmm. Then you need a copy of all your brothers and sisters' birth certificates. Mm -hmm. If your parents were married to someone else, and they had children before they came together, you need the birth certificates of your parents' children outside of the marriage. Mm. Because they're still heir to anything that the parents have when they die. Right. Okay. So getting everybody's birth certificates. If your father or mother was in the military, a copy of their discharge papers here in the United States is called the DD-214. I'm not sure what it is in other countries, but you've got to have a copy of the discharge paper so you get a military burial because a lot of times that could be free for the mother and the father, okay? Mm -hmm. So you want a copy of their birth certificate, their marriage license, if the, the, the spouse is dead, the death certificate, their um, life insurance, their mm -hmm. social security card, and the birth certificates of the children. These are just a few of the things that you can get done now. So in case you have to go to court, all of this is already put together and you're not scrambling trying to get to, you know, the Department of Health or, um, or uh, um, um, wherever they keep the, the birth certificates, trying to get a copy at the time of death. Oh, that's a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I just, I, it's good to have the information. We need to be educated because these are the things that I think creep up on us and surprise us. And then we like, oh, I got to do all of this. And I don't know what was going on. Like, why? How come we didn't have this together? I, you know, I could even draw from my own experience when my mom died. I remember maybe about three months before she died or a month before she died. We had had a conversation and I said, look, when I come home, because she, she doesn't live here. She didn't live here at the time. I said, when I come back home, put me on all your bank accounts and all of that. And she said to me, why, you want my money? I said, lady, I'm not interested in your money. I'm interested in being in having access if anything happens. And I didn't know something was going to happen a month later. But it was so weird because I had just put her, when she visited me, I had put her on my bank account. And I was like, we need to have something where we could, easily transfer money between countries at least at the very least but at the very most i said take all of your documents and put it in a place and tell me where they are she didn't do that and so by the time i got home i couldn't find her birth certificate i found old id cards she had no insurance i was like throughout my entire life i knew you had insurance what's happening here i couldn't ask her she was already gone so I think I asked all the right questions. 
Don't a know. lot of times they have life insurance, and as they get older, they forget to pay their bills. So the oh, life so insurance laps. Oh, I knew she That's had like why, two or three. Yeah, but it laps. She didn't pay for it. So they got the money, and she didn't get anything in the end because mm-hmm. it wasn't current. And that's why I say every six months, you need to check and make sure that the policy is, or, hey, let me take over the policy and pay it myself. And then right. you know that it's paid be current, yeah. Mm. Awesome. So do you provide all of these services which we just spoke about at Jacksonville Best Caregivers? Mm-hmm. I have, uh, matter of fact, I'm, I'm just connecting um, um, with a, a gentleman by the name of Chris Psalms. P-S-A-L-M-S, and I'm getting ready to put his information on my website. He sells insurance, which is the, um, you know, the long-term care. He also helps with advanced directives. So I'm getting ready to start offering those services on my website, as well as security cameras. So if your loved one decides not to leave their home and you just want to keep a little eye on them, make sure they're safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're getting ready to put those services on my website as well. Okay. Um, and you have lifted the book coming out soon. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, the, the e-version of the book is already out. And oh. so if you'd like a copy, yeah, if people would like a copy of the book and the workbook, um, it's uh, $20, I think $20.22. I, I, but I know it's not over $21, but I mean, it's like a couple hundred, about probably close to a hundred pages with both of them together, of uh, really great information. So, you know, that's also available on the website as well. So um, it, it talks about advanced directives, what you need to do from the beginning to the end and the workbook helps you document where everything is. But, and then also too, I have an app called Circle Of, uh, I think that's on my website oh. as well. And that's where you can keep all your information about your loved one, their doctor's appointments. You can FaceTime. Um, if someone's a long distance caregiver, they can FaceTime, you know, with, with the person that is sick. So there's no excuse to say, oh, I can't do anything. I'm long distance. That's a lie. You can, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I'm rough. I'm not, I'm not cute about this at all because it's serious. It's very it serious because it makes me angry a lot of times when I see other countries take such good care of their seniors and, and, and we don't do it. Right. Right. And that's rosjonesent.com, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so we were talking a little bit before about sacrificial work and all of this is very much that. But how do you, Roz, manage your own well-being as a CEO, speaker, author, podcaster, and caregiver? Before COVID, I was doing a lot. <laughs> mm. I was, you know, reading books, going for a walk, um, drinking a lot of water, help, you know, really healthy. Mm. When COVID came in, it changed my life entirely mm. because I was doing weekly COVID tests. Weekly. But almost two for two years, weekly wow. tests. And so was my staff. Now we're down to once a month. Okay. So, you know, we still have to, you know, do our COVID thing. However, uh, now, like I said, I just took a vacation. It's been my first one since 2019. So now I'm, I kind of tested myself mm-hmm. just to see if 
I could handle being around a lot of people because I haven't been around crowds in years. Right. So it was weird, unusual, uncomfortable, <laughs> scary. Uh, I was still doing that social distancing thing. Don't worry, I'm still doing it too. <laughs> I like it. I'm like six feet, please. <laughs> right. We were. Uh, I, I went to a, po- a podcasters uh, convention this weekend, and so they said, "Oh, the women podcasters are meeting for a cocktail or whatever mm-hmm. social networking." Mm-hmm. So when I got to the room, I got anxiety because everybody was so close. So. As I'm walking, when I walk to the doors, the doors are open and I can see everybody so close. I had to back up. I couldn't catch my breath. Wow. And and, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're so close. <laughs> so I just, I, I literally, I mean, I, I got chills and I turned around and I went back to my room. Mm. Aww. You know, and it's it's sad. It's sad, you know, because I'm I'm supposed to fly home, but now I've I've changed my mind. I think I'm going to drive because I mm. I I can handle the crowd so much. Mm. I think I have to kind of gently get myself back in. Back into it, yeah, yeah. yeah being isolated yeah. for such a long time really does something to us. Yeah, and so. it does something to you mentally. And even when I grocery shop here in the state of Florida. They were allowing caregivers to come in early in the morning before anybody else would come in. Right. I'm I still practice that as a as a routine. On Saturday mm. mornings, I shop from 7 to 7 30 before anybody gets into the store. <laughs> right. And I've been doing that now for three years. And I'm I've I've gone to the store so much, mm. they know my name. Hey Miss Ross, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> wow. But some of the things that came out of COVID are good habits. Mm-hmm. Let me say this. Um, so me staying on that 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 weekly shopping mm-hmm. um, regime is good. It's, it's also made me look at better eating habits. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, so you know, so uh, that as well. And then also to realizing what I can and can't do when I go out to the public, I have to ease myself in. I just can't jump off the cliff and go to a big event. I'm not ready for that yet. I'm being honest. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, that it help us mentally, mm-hmm. uh, spiritually, I have really help, had to delve into my spirituality. Whatever anybody practice, practice what helps you. Right. For me, I have to delve into my Bible. It's just Ross mm-hmm. Jones. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, I've, I've been spending a lot of time trying to listen to the voice to help keep me calm. And then I also do meditation. I do believe nice. in meditation. Nice. Uh, I believe in the, um, I have rocks. I'm a rock star. So I have the, the um, uh, uh, what's it called? The cellulite wall, you know, all these different mm-hmm. things. That's for me. Right. So don't t- let me tell people on the broadcast, don't send me no emails. Oh, how can you be a Christian <laughs> and believe in it? Da, 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 da. <laughs> You don't want to send me an email. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's what I use um, to help me. And that's good. I'm glad that you've been able to recognize that you have things that is your go-to because we each need things. And COVID really opened that up for us. I tell people, I think COVID was a gift, even though some people are out here like COVID was a curse. We lost people, of course. 
but it was a gift because it got us back into ourselves. It helped us to focus a little more inward. So, well, I we're that. Oh, I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I'm just, no, I'm just saying for mental health, I think that we just got comfortable uh, before COVID. Mm-hmm. And COVID had to snatch us out of our comfort zone. Exactly. I'm done. Make us, make us more aware. Yes, I love it. So, Roz, I wouldn't keep you longer. I know you have a lot of work, a lot of things going on. So I just wanted to say thanks so much for explaining everything. You know, Send people to your website because this is good. I'm going to check up on my own stuff because it's obvious that I need to. I don't have parents, but I do have aunts and uncles who are still alive. Right. So I need to have a conversation with my own family about what do you all have in plan, you know? Because I think we, we just always yeah. think our parents will live and die and not nobody gets yeah. sick that you have to care for them. So you would have think? a conversation, have a conversation and stop texting. Talk. Thank you. Thank you. Roz said it, y'all. <laughs> Thank you so much, Roz. This was great. Thank you, darling. I appreciate any time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Well Black Sis. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other women striving to be well to find the show. If you want to hear more from our community, you can follow on Instagram at wellblacksis and check out the website at wellblacksis.com to find out what exciting meetup we have next. You can also sign up for the Well Black Sis newsletter to make sure you don't miss out on future Well Black Sis updates. Talk to you soon.